portion of God's word that we will focus our attention on for a few minutes this morning comes from the first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl in your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This is the word of our God. Please be seated. Let's pray. Lord, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. It was the middle of February. It had been a a long, cold winter. And it was a Wednesday. And two brothers, Joshua and Caleb, got off the the bus and headed toward the house. It had been a long day. So cold outside, they didn't get to go out for recess. They stayed cooped up in the school the whole day. They were tired and they were frustrated. They were just sick of it all. They were sick of the cold. They were sick of the snow. They were sick of winter. They walked in the front door. They threw their stuff on the floor. And they walked into the kitchen to find a snack. And when they got into the kitchen, Dad was sitting at the table on his laptop doing some work. And Dad asked the boys, what time did you guys go to bed last night? I said, lights out at 8. 
Caleb piped up right away. Right at eight, Dad, just like you said. Yeah, Dad, right at eight, Joshua chimed in. And how come I, I walked by your room last night at 10.30 and, and saw the light on under the door and could see shadows moving around and could hear your voices whispering? Just like that, caught in a lie. Why lie? You ever think about that? Why did Joshua and Caleb lie about disobeying their dad? Well, what was the truth? They sinned, right? Dad said lights out at 8. Well, lights didn't go off at 8. And they knew that he didn't just mean turn the lights off. It wasn't just that they didn't turn the lights off. It was that they didn't go to bed. They were supposed to go to sleep, and they, they didn't do that either. That was the truth, and, and they didn't want Dad to know the truth. And so they were hoping that maybe, just maybe, they could conceal the truth with their lies. It's kind of an oversimplification, but that's what lies are for. They're for hiding the truth, concealing the truth at all costs. In our gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 4, we heard Satan approaching Jesus. And in three specific ways, little half-truths and little white lies and bold-faced lies, Satan is trying to conceal the truth. If you are the Son of God, if you are truly the Son of God, as if Jesus needs to prove to Satan who he is, if you're hungry, you have power, you are able to turn this stone into bread. Just do it. Eat. Why should you, the Son of God, be hungry? Why should you suffer any longer? And, and you know God's word. You know what it says. Surely he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And they will lift you up so you won't even strike your foot on a stone. Just jump. You trust God's word, don't you? Bow down and worship me. You don't have to go through the pain of of suffering. You don't have to go through whatever plan the Lord has set for you. I'll give it all to you. I'll give you everything you want. Just bow down and worship me. Satan's doing everything he can to hide the truth, to hide things that are true. And so he lies. And Jesus responds in the one way that can actually defeat lies. It's kind of interesting. Lies try to conceal the truth. It's truth that defeats lies. And so what does Jesus do? You heard it. He, he quotes the scriptures. Satan wants Jesus to doubt what God's word says. And Jesus just says, this is what God says. Listen to those three responses one more time. Jesus says, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's the truth. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Also the truth. And then finally, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's the truth too. Satan's tactics are always the same. He uses lies to try to hide the truth. He wants you to doubt the truth. He wants you to ignore or misunderstand what the truth is. He doesn't want you to know what God's word says. He does not want you to know what God really did say. 
Our text to focus on this morning takes place sometime shortly after creation. God had created the world in six 24-hour days, and on the third day, he had created all this wonderful vegetation, trees, with all these wonderful different kinds of fruit. He makes this wonderful garden on day six. He creates Adam to live in the garden, and and shortly before he creates Eve, he, he takes Adam for a walk, and he shows him all the things that are there for him. We know Genesis chapter 1 pretty well, I'm guessing, because it's the account of creation, at least the, the broad account of creation. And you've probably heard this account from Genesis chapter 3 before, the fall into sin. But you might not know Genesis chapter 2 quite as well. Take a listen to what God says to Adam as they're walking around the garden, as he's giving him his first tour of the garden. In Genesis 2 verse 16, God says to Adam, You are free to eat from, you ready for it? You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. That was the truth. God had made all these incredible kinds of trees with incredible varieties of fruit. And you never got a bad piece. There would never be that that mealy peach that just left you so disappointed when you took a bite into it. There would never, ever be a flawed, rotten piece of fruit. Incredible variety. Peaches, apples, cherries, pears, oranges, all the different varieties of every kind of tree-bearing fruit that you can think of. Wow, all of it is for them. Every single kind, except for one. That's what God really did say. That was the truth. And then what happens? Satan comes. And he approaches Eve with this question that seems ridiculous. Did you catch what the question actually was? Listen to it again. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? It's kind of blown my mind. I've I've been teaching Bible basics for over a decade now, if you count my vicar year. Over a decade. I I would say close to 95%, a vast majority of the people that I take through Bible basics class don't know what that question is. They, They listen to it and they have a stereotype summary of it in their head. The one that makes sense. You could probably guess what that question is. We read the passage, and then I ask the class, all right, now without looking at your Bible, tell me, what's the question that Satan first asks Eve? And without fail, people say, well, did God really say you can't eat the fruit from that tree in the middle of the garden? And I get to say, no, look look again. Did God really say you can't eat any of this fruit? God made all this incredible variety and you can't eat any of it? Really? It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous question. And it's the exact opposite of what God said. It's completely untrue. God did not say this. 
Not even close. And so what does Eve do? She responds much like Jesus did when he would be tempted all those thousands of years later. With the truth, with what God really did say. Listen to what she says again. We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. I imagine she's chuckling as she says this. Of course we can. What a, what a ridiculous question. We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Eve is off to a great start. She combats the question, the, the miss understanding of the truth, or at least it seems that way, with the truth. This is what God really did say. But now, now that Satan has checked to see if Eve and Adam know what God really did say, now he directly contradicts what God really did say. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. First, Satan seems to be someone who is ignorant of the truth, who doesn't actually know what's true. He is corrected by the truth. Eve says, this is the truth. If we eat the fruit of that one tree, we will surely die. In Hebrew, it literally says, you will die dying. Satan takes those words of God, you will die dying, and he negates them. You will die dying, not. And now there's a dilemma. Only one of these statements can be true. Someone is telling a lie and they are trying to conceal the truth. Either God is telling a lie and trying to conceal what is actually true, or this talking serpent, Satan himself, is telling a lie and is trying to conceal what is actually true. Satan uses these same tactics on you and me every single day. First, he wants to see if you actually know what the word of God says. Then he wants to directly challenge what the word of God actually says. It might go something like this. You know that famous passage in Philippians that says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Well, do you know what God really did say? Because you could quick open up to Philippians 4.13 and you could say, yep, that's what God really did say. I could do all things through him who gives me strength. I could become a millionaire. I could learn to throw a baseball 99 miles an hour and strike everybody out because I could do all things through him who gives me strength. And I could become president of the United States. I could do anything I want. I'll get a tattooed on my arm to remind myself every day that I can do all things through him who gives me strength because that's what God really did say, right? Wrong. If you just look at the verse and you take it out of context, well, yeah, that's, that's the words. But do you know what God really did say? Take a listen to the context of Philippians chapter 4. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. 
So whether I'm on food stamps and living off of unemployment or really living in my dream house with a flush bank account, whether I'm struggling mightily and suffering all kinds of horrible things in this life or am living in the lap of luxury and just cruising along and things are going great, whichever way, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Whether God is allowing me to suffer or God is blessing me beyond my wildest dreams, I am in the hands of God. My times are in his hands and I can get through the hard times through him who gives me strength and I can stay humble and trusting in him through the blessed times through him who gives me strength. That's what God really did say. Satan would have you not know what God really did say. And once he figures out whether or not you know what God's word actually says or not, if you seem to know what God's word actually says, then he will challenge what God's word actually says. Let's use the first commandment for an example. You shall have no other gods. Satan would say, really? Really? No other gods, huh? And what has this God done for you lately? Your life's not so great. You really don't have many of the things you actually want. Maybe on the outside, people look at your life and they think you have everything you want and need, but deep down, you know you don't. You don't actually have the things you want. You don't have the people you want. You're pretty miserable. What are you gaining from following this one and only God? You know, if you'd stop worrying about him so much and just start taking matters into your own hands, you could have the things that you want. You could achieve the things that you want to achieve. You know, you might even be able to keep the people you want in your life, in your life. You you should try taking things into your own hands now and then. But you see, the truth is, no matter how many idols you fashion, no no matter how many other gods you try to follow, they can't keep your heart beating in your chest. And you certainly can't take them with you when you die. And when you stand before the creator of the universe and find yourself undergoing judgment, all those gods will do you nothing. They will do you no good at all. Satan's tactics are always the same. He's a liar, the father of lies. Sadly, as we saw in Genesis chapter 3, he got Adam and Eve to believe that he was telling the truth and that God was lying. And as a result, sin entered the world and death through sin. And ever since, everything in this life, from the moment of, work, from the moment of our conception, we are stained with sin and the shadow of death looms over everything. It's a really sad story if it stopped there. But as you heard, it didn't. God spoke truth into this now sin-darkened world. He spoke truth to the devil himself. Listen to those words of truth again. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. The first promise of a Savior. 
into this sin-darkened world where the shadow of death now loomed large. God speaks words of truth. He talks about this one, this he, who will crush the head of the father of lies. He will crush his head with truth. God will become a man and live according to his father's will perfectly every day. That's the truth. God's son will live according to God's word every single moment. Perfect obedience, even obedience to death, death on a cross. To pay for your sins and mine, that's the truth. When Jesus died, Satan's head was crushed once and for all. Oh, Satan might have bit the Messiah's heel and caused his death, but it was that death which crushed the serpent's head once and for all. That's the truth. And he so thoroughly defeated Satan that he proved his victory by rising from the dead three days later. Victorious over sin, victorious over death, victorious over the liar himself. That's the truth. Satan will do everything he can to see to it that you don't know what God's word really says, that you don't know what God really did say. And if you do know what God really did say, then he's going to get everything he can to get you to doubt, to fall away, to reject what God really did say. To say, I don't want anything to do with what God really did say. They're all lies. They can only be defeated by the truth. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Throughout this season of Lent, we are going to come to grips with the world we live in. It is a sinful, dark place. The sin that has infected us from the moment of our conception shows itself all the time, and Satan is going to want to get us to take matters into our own hands. He's going to want to get us to not listen to the truth, to ignore what God really did say, but you know what God really did say. He promised to send the head crusher, the one who would destroy Satan once and for all. He has sent him. His name is Jesus. Your sins are forgiven. You get to leave here today at peace with your God. That is the truth. Death is not the end. That is the truth. Let's pray. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen.